This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Well, uh, Hunter Juracek yesterday sent out a tweet announcing that Arkansas football will be honoring Alex Collins and Ryan Mallett by placing their initials on the home sideline right at the yard marker that would be the same as their uniform numbers, which I think is really, really cool. Uh, As long as your uniform number is between 0 and 25. Of course, AC... Number three, Ryan Mallett, number 15. You will see their initials uh, right there uh, on the home side um, on the red portion of the sidelines. Now, a lot of other folks on Twitter were, were criticizing and wondering why Chris Smith and number 42 is also not being placed on the sidelines. Well, that's because that's on the white portion of the sideline, which is where the coach is allowed to roam back and forth and the other coaches are all over it. And I think the reason that you don't have Chris Smith's 42 there is because it wouldn't be the best site for, that, for his uh, initials to be under people's feet for the entire game. And it's not that, it's not that number, you know, the three-yard line and the 15-yard line on the sidelines don't get trampled on. Some, but people aren't standing on them for the entire game. And I don't think you're even allowed to place anything on the white portion of the sideline. I think that's, I think by actual design, when you design a field, you're not allowed to put something there. So Chris Smith, um, his family is going to be the honorary captains at the Auburn game in November. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, man, it felt uh, it was a long summer this year, Phil, with uh, some some tragedy going on, and and to be able to to remember Alex Collins and Ryan Mallett, two two of the best to ever do it up there, uh, and you know Chris Smith with was it's uh, it's what do you say, you know? Yeah, they they had they had their photos, uh, Dion Stutz's photo up on the video boards at War Memorial for a moment of silence before the national anthem this past Saturday. Um, and uh, speaking of honorary captains, Melvin Bradley will be the honorary captain this weekend. And I'm excited to see that because we've had the honorary captains on the Learfield pregame show for a couple of years, and uh, Melvin and Gino Brad and Gino Bell were teammates right there on the defensive line for I think all four years that they were together. Now, did Melvin, did he do any uh, any track and field as well? For some reason, I think Melvin was a two-sport athlete. Uh, but I, 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 I remember that name, man. He was a stud. Wasn't he a D-end? Just, uh, just a stud? Nose guard. Nose guard, okay. Led the Razorbacks in tackles. At the uh, nose guard position. In, in back-to-back seasons. Oh, my goodness. The Beast note mode. says the only defensive lineman to ever lead the Razorbacks in tackles beast. two years in a row. Yeah, that is some beast stuff. Man, because usually those linebackers, you know, they feed off you and, and, and those those D tackles, you know, you're kind of a two-gap guy. You're trying to take two men and let linebackers make plays. So to be able to, for, the, for a D tackle, just to be, man, that's awesome. Part of the uh, 1998 season. That, in fact, was his last year uh, at Arkansas. He's from Barton. Uh, Barton High School and a member of the all-decade team for the 1990s. So looking forward to seeing Melvin Bradley uh, at the Arkansas-Kent State game this weekend. Also, the Hall of Honor ceremonies are Friday night at the uh, Walton Art Center. 
Matt, you uh, you dress up for events like this. I know you'll be there because Houston Nutt is going into the Hall of Honor along with Mark Brumble, uh, former track star Taylor Ellis Watson, Lindsey Howell, Kimberly Wilson Jenkins, Oscar Johansson, Felix Jones, Honey Marsh, and David Swain. But with uh, with Coach Nutt going in, I know you got to be there. Man, how cool is that? Uh, those those are uh, a lot of great ambassadors for uh, for the university. You know, I love some Coach Nut, uh, Felix Jones on that list too. Man, he's uh, he uh, watching him return kicks. You know, when you you had Hilmer McFadden back there back when they still they man, he was so electric. I used to love watching some Felix Jones. Yeah, that'll that'll be a great event, I'm sure. I know it's a free event at the uh, Walton Art Center. I don't know what the situation is with the tickets or how many are available. I would assume you uh, you get a sellout for Hall of Honor, especially with these uh, great dignitaries Friday night uh, before the Arkansas Kent State game, of course, on Saturday. Let's check some notes across college football. Mason Smith is expected to be back for LSU. Star defensive tackle. They'll play Grambling this weekend. Uh, of course, they, they could have used they could have used Smith you against see, Florida uh, State. Do you see uh, Coach Kelly kind of saying, "I never said that we were going to uh, to beat Florida State." It's like it's it's all right, Coach. You said it. It's it's okay. But he actually did say it. That's what I mean. It's right? like it, it's okay that you said he it. Said it on the statewide Brian Kelly radio show. You gotta you gotta you know don't give them. Coach used to always say, "Don't give them any bulletin material." You know, don't don't give them any ex. Don't give them a chip. Don't give them any extra reason. Uh, but yeah, you you got to think they had confidence that they're going to go out there and win. How do you, how do you actually say you didn't say something? This happens all the time. It does Donald Trump effect, right? He's like, I didn't say that. So, yeah, it didn't no. just him, but it's it's. Yeah. I mean, think of how many other ever politicians talk like that. You actually have the recording. I mean, you say, well, no, no, it's taking it out of context. Really? Not quite sure about that. What of uh, we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State could be taken out of context? Nothing. I don't know why you just don't own up to it. We think uh, we think we're, our team's going to win, and uh, you know what the the thing is, Phil. Those those two teams are both two really really good teams. Now, uh, Florida State might have a little more depth, and Florida State that looked like the best defense I've seen Florida State have since they had Oh Yamis Winston out there, and and they were able to to win a national title. I mean, Florida State was flying around. They they did they hit in that transfer portal getting that that kid from Michigan State, South Carolina. I think they got another kid from Virginia Tech. And uh, LSU's got plenty. It, it, it was, I'm telling you, Jaden Daniels, he's a guy that's a little inconsistent. He's got to be a little more consistent, a little better, making better plays on third down, making better better decisions, and LSU's going to be fine. Well, so, all right, the idea that they're just they're going to be just fine. And, and I remember, I mean, last year, they it wasn't that they laid an egg against Florida State. They made a lot of mistakes on special teams that, that hurt them in that game. End up winning the SEC West. You're like, oh, it's a really successful season and everything. But remember the choke job against A&M? On the road, admittedly, against a team in A&M that had nothing to play for at that point. Nothing. And they laid an egg. And that was... I mean, they, they might have had a case for the college football playoff had they won that game and then go on and, and find a way to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. But after that, after losing A&M, I mean, that was like, talk about a letdown. And that's a roller coaster season for LSU. Cause they, didn't they just beat Bama? Was it they beat Bama the week that's before? That's right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see the same, kind of, the same kind of thing. This happened with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame every once in a while. 
Oh, by the way, um, folks who are big Florida State fans did find the audio. We're going to take 15 freshmen on this trip. Well, unfortunately, my computer doesn't want to play it for you. He says we're going to take 14 freshmen on the trip, and we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. (laughs) Way to go, man. Way to go. Isn't that just a... We're going to take 15 freshmen on this trip um, and 14 transfers. So uh, nearly 40% of this travel roster are going to go overnight for the first time <laughs> with LSU. So, um, and, and that's not a disclaimer of, of any kind. We're going to go beat the heck out of Florida State. But we're going to take... 15- I, I actually heard those words. Those were the exact words, and he's playing to the crowd inside the restaurant. Did he realize he had a headset on, and that's being broadcast, and someone's recording it out there? You know, once you say it, you better go get to work. You, you better... Uh, once you say it, you better go get to work. I think you might want to wait for Grambling Week before you make predictions about beating the heck out of somebody. How could you make a prediction of anything when you're facing that kind of talent the first week of the season? I don't care what team you are. I don't care what team you are. Maybe you really believe you're going to go beat the heck out of it. Why, why would you say anything like that the first week when you really don't know when you ha- what you have? You know, I, I, I would think that I, I like Travis Hunter in that game. I really did. Imagine KJ instead of Jaden Daniels right there. You know, that would be that that's, you know, Jay, I think KJ's better quarterback than Jaden Daniels. And, and you had the first team quarterback out there and, and, and he didn't play like it. I, th- I think KJ is a better quarterback than Jaden Daniels, and, and truthfully, I'm not even sure that it's close. I, the, the exact, as far as who I think could play on Sundays, what, what, who has the the more potential, or right now, who who would, I would have KJ ranked ahead of uh, Daniels for 100. percent But the hype machine is still going to last for Daniels. He's an athlete. I'd have well, Travis Hunter ranked ahead of Daniels, only because it's LSU. Yeah, he's that, he's an athlete. He'll he'll make some plays and he can do some good things, but he doesn't he doesn't do enough of the little things consistently for me. Well, everybody, I mean the the, the nation loves themselves some purple and gold. They really do. Uh, the 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 nation loves Louisiana State sports. So they're they're gonna they're gonna. You want to pump the brakes on the Jaden Daniels Heisman talk? Wait until he goes for, you know, 400 yards against Grambling and it's back on again. Well, let's let's let Perkins play. Like he he looked lost a little bit watching him play on defense. I'm used to seeing him fly around and make plays. I don't know what the, they're. I know I get it. You're like, hey, he's our best player. We can have him spy on Travis because he, he likes to run and he can make some plays. But his feet. We got to put a different spy on him. We got to let Perkins go get the ball. That's what that dude does. He's a disruptor. He causes chaos. He's the best athlete on the field a lot of times. Let him go be an athlete. Does he need to learn a position? Because he didn't really have a position other than just go get the quarterback. Then again, like how many other players in the NFL do exactly that? That are that are a guy that's a linebacker but comes up to the line of scrimmage, puts his hand on the dirt, and pa- his one job is to go get the quarterback. Where did Palomalu line up? He lined up all over the field. He was everywhere. Everywhere. And, and that's what you do, man. As long, if he's smart enough, you know, if he's, he's athletically, he is, and I think he is if he's playing as a true freshman like, like he did last year, uh, you let that guy go out there and be a football player, man. Let him go out there and make plays. He's an All-American for a reason. TCU linebacker Johnny Hodges said that his team is the, quote, laughing stock of college football, unquote, after the loss to Colorado. 
That's that's going a step too far. I, I think that he's he he's thinking that we still believed in him. Nobody believed in TCU this year. Nobody thinks TCU is going to win ten games this year. So nobody nobody believed in you anyways. Nobody believed in TCU last year. There's no so expectation to the championship game. And then you got routed exactly. The laughing stock of college football, I don't know, might be the team that lost 73 to nothing. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you played when I mean, it's 73 to nothing. And when your coach most, is crying. When the most lasting image is the tight end consoling the coach who's on a knee with tears going down his face. And he actually put up a good fight against a talented Colorado team and all the hype around him. Nah. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more information. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Good afternoon, Grant. How is your Wednesday so far? Doing okay, Phil. And I've got some information for you on Oski that I think is accurate. You know, um, I think that originated at Arkansas a long time ago. No way. Uh, and that were you know, because I go all the way back to the late 50s watching practice and stuff. They used to, you know, in our uh, town here, sometimes the parents would leave their kids at football practice as kind of babysitters. We could even, we would sit on the bench with the players and stuff, you know, get our own game going down there in the end zone. And, uh, and I remember that. I think all the way back to the Jack Mitchell era. And, you know, because um, Barry Switzer played – in 57, 58, and 59, he played for Jack Mitchell one year and Frank Broyles two years. And uh, that term, Oski, obviously was, uh, you know, by the time you'd say interception, that's four syllables. Well, if you just say Oski, then that's two syllables, and you immediately go from defense to offense. And so you're telling everybody to start blocking. And, stuff. and, and back then, you know, a lot of guys played one way i mean they you would play offense excuse me two ways you play offense and defense and so <laughs> it wasn't that much of a stretch for some of them to go from you know from defense to offense but that uh, that term you know and then when i started watching barry switzer's uh, uh tv show when he his playback show at oklahoma he would he talked about it all the time and, it, and of course it got to oklahoma and everywhere else but uh, I, I mean, I would be really interested if anybody out there is as old as I am and, and had ever heard it before uh, it was used at Arkansas. Speaking of, of, of kind of throwback players, what did you make of Travis Hunter and in, in the amount of plays that he, he played and just the talent that he is? Yeah, that's uh, – is that going to start to be a thing, do you think? You know, I mean, of course, we know, Charles Woodson uh, did pretty well with it, won a Heisman Trophy. 
Um, Champ Bailey back then, you remember he went he went a little bit. Uh, you know, that was just course, a little bit. That's what I, that's bit. what I mean. Both of these guys were kind of you threw him in there and did a little bit of something with him, but he it's not like he had nine. You know, Charles Woodson might run seven plays on offensive side. It's of the ball. even different, Grant, than uh, Shohei Otani. It would be like if Otani pitched and played shortstop in the same game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's yeah. nuts to think of how much exertion you've got to, you got to put out there. And even in the NFL, guys did that. Like I'm talking about, is about 1960. Yeah. You have guys playing both ways. So, <laughs> I think Arkansas had what 61 plays on offense or something the other day. I think that had that partly explained under 400 yards of offense because you know the end of the game there they returned the interception for a touchdown and they and then. Uh, you know, Western Carolina had the ball for probably what the last six, seven minutes of the game. Uh, so it might have gotten a little bit higher, but uh, I, I think this week you're going to see an emphasis, like you guys said, on on running the ball. I don't know if they'll rush for three forty, whatever uh, uh, Central Florida did, but uh, Sam talked about even today in his thing. He talked about wanting to see a more explosive uh, uh, running game. Well, and and apparently Rocket, you know, does have swelling on his knee. Sam Pittman did mention that this morning on the teleconference, but he also, I think he left himself open to a lot more questions about it later on this afternoon because he said they'll, they'll know more later this afternoon. And you know, Coach Pittman yeah, he, talking he, like he, 36 he, minutes than the Sam Pittman show. I just imagine uh, Rocket, not only won't he play this Saturday, but he shouldn't play this Saturday. Well, not only that, Phil, but uh, Sam actually said it's kind of a question mark this week or next week. Mm -hmm. So uh, it it did happen during the game. But I think the thing was that, uh, as as is probably true of a lot of players, Matt, he didn't say anything. They didn't really know until Sunday. uh, And maybe there wasn't that kind of swelling until Sunday. But uh, anyway, yeah, I wouldn't think we'd see him this week. Yeah, you, you, you kind of needed 24 hours to 36 hours to see how that goes. Um, Grant, when, when I was when I was looking back and kind of seeing, I think this, this game two might be a little bit like game one, how we had a lot of big plays. Do you kind of maybe want to see – if you're scoring in three plays, four play drives, there's nothing you can really do about it. You know, nobody's complaining. But you kind of want to see this team, you know, put together those nine, 12-play drives. Yeah, I think that's – it's going to be more like a game um, – uh, like well, maybe like Clint Central Florida had where they rushed for so many. I don't know if they're going to rush for 300, but uh, and then you know they they probably want to see some more of these other running backs, mm-hmm. depending on how serious this thing uh, uh, is, the other injury. But uh, I, I I agree with you that Augusto, if I'm saying his name correctly, uh, looked really good at really good leg drive and. Who knows, maybe they ran him that many times just to see, you know, what he could do in the coming games, especially if he might be more needed. Man, I think he could be a great change of pace back. Yeah, I like he he had that jump cut that uh, I didn't I haven't seen a lot of those other guys do. And so when, when, and you like to see it, man. You like to see those pups bite early. Yeah. Hey, I, I was going to mention this too, Phil, today. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you all have talked about the, the Clemson-Duke game. But uh, I think that's the first time Duke beat them since 1989. And back then, you know, Steve Spurrier was the coach, and Danny Ford was coaching Clemson. Hmm. And I think Clemson was ranked seventh in the country at the time. And one time uh, I happened to see Steve Spurrier at Augusta National. I can still remember he was there during the tournament uh, near the first green. 
And after we kind of exchanged pleasantries, one of the first things he wanted to bring up was the time he had beaten Danny Ford, you know, Danny Ford's Clemson team when he was at Duke, and he was still enjoying that. Of course, he he got Arkansas again uh, in the SEC championship game when Danny was coaching here, too. I guess the feeling from that game, too, is also from the Clemson-Duke game. Uh, you know, you got Garrett Riley, the new offensive coordinator, came over from TCU, but he's replacing Brandon Streeter, a guy who was, uh, if I remember, a quarterback at Clemson, was on the coaching staff for a number of years, got a shot at being the OC, and he made it one year, and that was it. And Dabo fires him. Now he brings in another guy, but the offense apparently looked exactly the same. So a lot of folks have questions as to who's really in charge of the offense. I, I never remember any kind of criticism like this about Dabo Swinney and how he coaches his team or how much leeway he gives to his coaches. And I think one big reason why is there's barely been any turnover in his tenure there, and now he's dealing with turnover for the first time. Really, the last two years, there's been a heck of a lot of turnover. He's hired new defensive coordinators, two new offensive coordinators, and I guess the question is who's really running the offense there? Yeah, and I think also, if if you just look at that game, I mean, Clemson had 29 first downs and Duke had 17. So it's not, I mean, the score was quite misleading that way. You you know, I mean, Clemson was about to go in and take the lead and they fumbled, I think, at the one or two yard line and had it run back a long way. And they had, you know, had a couple of missed field goals. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying the win was illegitimate. But it sort of looked more like a game that Clemson should have won. So uh, the other thing that he's kind of catching some criticism for this week is not really going into the transfer portal like a lot of schools have done. And I think he'd even talked about that Clemson didn't want to go that way. And, of course, now he's getting criticism for that. Looking around uh, the the college football this week, some of these teams, Grant, are going to actually face some real competition when you got Texas A&M and Miami, uh, Mississippi and Tulane. Uh, Are there any, you know, that Texas-Alabama game? What other games are you looking at this this Saturday? Well, I noted that Texas-Alabama is a 6 o'clock start, so people that go to the Arkansas game this week can get back and see a lot of that. Excuse me, I I think that... uh, I think last year, Alabama, what they scored with 10 or 15 seconds left to win the game. It, it, was, it was a close very game. Close. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great litmus test to see uh, if Texas is for real this year. Uh, yeah, did you see Ryan Stanick's injury Monday night? High ankle. Yeah. What Dusty said. He also, Dusty also kind of blamed the injury on the larger basis, uh, which I, I, I've, I've watched the play. Maybe that's a reason why, because the base comes on the pitcher a little quicker than he's used to. But by now, I mean, I don't know how often Ryan Stanek is taking pitcher's fielding practice, but by now, after 115 games, uh, it shouldn't surprise you as much. But that did kind of catch me a little bit, that Dusty blamed the injury on the on the larger bases. Yeah, I think he'll be out a couple of weeks, but I, like, I, I know the Cardinals this year in spring spent a long time trying to land on the front part of that base just to beat out plays at first base, you know, and and adjust to it that way. I should probably also mention, too, that if, if you haven't, that Dominique Fletcher, you know, he came back and then he hurt his left index finger and he was on the seven-day IL and now he's on the 60-day injured list. So it must have been more serious. 
Grant, you know, Luke Donald, he was a number one player in the world uh, kind of around when Tiger Woods got here, and, and, and then Tiger kind of had it. Zach Johnson, uh, he's won at Augusta. He, they've won some big tournaments. If I was to ask you which one of those golfers is their careers, which one would you want? Which one do you think's had the better career? Uh, between the two captains? Yes, sir. You know, I, I, most people would probably say Zach because he's won two majors. But Luke Donald was number one in the world for a while. It's funny, you know, I, I got to see him play when he was in college. Arkansas was up there in, in a, a tournament north of Chicago at Conway Farms. And, of course, he was the, the big thing for Northwestern mm-hmm, back then. Mm-hmm. Follow him a little bit. I, I think... Um, as far as his picks, though, Matt, what, what was interesting to me was he went with these two young guys, and he left Barack off the team. I think he won three times since the you know in the last two years, maybe this year, of Poland. And so then he got. I think he's kind of building for the future with Aberg, who had just won a tournament, won a big tournament, and I believe Hogarth is the other guy, mm-hmm. you know, the twin. Uh, so I, I think he's kind of looking to the future, putting those those guys on there, and I, I think that was really. Uh, brilliant thinking on his part. You know, Matt Matt Fitzpatrick and Tommy Fleetwood, I like both of their games. Yeah, and then you got the old veteran Justin Rhodes. I like that European team, man. They they are solid. Well, for all the talk about U.S. being favored again, uh, they do. Europe does have the two, three, four players in the world. Right. <laughs> they got Hovland, they got McElroy, and they got Rom. So that's a pretty tough uh, combo. And I, I would expect, Matt, that they probably would try to put younger guys with those veterans and some of the teams. I mean, maybe they'll stack it. Like, remember the time Hal Sutton put uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson? That, that didn't work out very well. Tiger Tiger and Stricker worked well. I, I, I kind of like the when Phil and Ricky played a couple times together. I, I, I like Ricky Fowler's game. I think that that's a good pick. But if I had to take one guy and, and you're just looking in, in the world and I have to take one guy, I'm taking Roy McIlroy. That, that, that would be the guy I'm taking if it's a one-off game. Yeah, and and he's going to be fine physically by then, and and of course Hovland's playing great, right? I, I don't think by any means is this the walkover a lot of uh, golf fans expected for the United States. I mean, it's been since 1993 since the U.S. won over there. It was time to end a streak, as far as I can hear, Grant. I yeah, that's, that's 30 years. Man. It's an uphill battle, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be fun to watch. Should be great. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate you, man. We'll do it next week, okay? Okay. See you guys. Thanks, Grant. I didn't realize that the last time that the United States won the Ryder Cup in Europe, I was a year before graduating high school. I think I would have been just. I just learned how to drive. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I probably just had my first auto accident. Arkansas beats Alabama at Alabama for the first time in years. USA win the Ryder Cup. From your lips to the television executives who run college football's ears. And Brian Kelly. (laughs) He never said it, Matt. He never (laughs) said it. Don't ask him to play it again because he never said it. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. 
This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. We've uh, introduced a few. Well, these aren't new uh, sports terms. They're just new for some of us who hadn't learned them before. Oski, Oski, interception, or that's what you're going to scream after an interception. Uh, dummy, dummy was another one that I'd, uh, that I'd seen on our text line. Uh, we had Snowbird for basketball, Wolf for basketball. Uh, Sunday hop is a good baseball term that doesn't get used all the time. It's the easy bounce for an infielder. Vulture. Sunday hop. Yeah, there you go. Sunday yeah. hop's nice. You can yeah. just kind of picture that. The Sunday hop. Like, like cutting along, your can of corn, yeah. Goes along with a, a Chamber of Commerce afternoon. So <laughs> Sunday hops always happen on the Chamber Rotary, of Commerce Rotary Club meeting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've uh, we've been taking those. Peter Peters, one that we got. The dummy dummy. Uh, Mark and Shreveport sent that in. Third and short so you don't jump off sides. Dummy dummy. We had uh, we had this play we used to run against Coleman Coleman Junior High. They jump in this gap eight defense, and uh, it was black black, and uh, it was the same play every time when they'd do it wherever on the field. Black 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 black. And that meant we had, it was always on two, so that was the one that we had. All of all of our audibles went to on one, uh, except for black black. That was uh, we, it was a one play when they jumped in this one defense. We you know and, and it's funny how stuff like that trans- translates to to the professional level. We were playing against the Denver Broncos there with David Girard at quarterback and they kind of had a similar setup where they would jump into their version of a gap eight and uh, they were going to be bringing a type of blitz and uh, on that play though we, we had a check to it was a quarterback draw so but it was the same kind of thing you still you still have certain things that you that you're trying to get to you expect Kent State's going to be um, forcing or well not forcing but playing the run against Arkansas much in the same way Western Carolina did I wonder though I don't think they can really put their cornerbacks or their secondary on an island because this is this is a this is a small secondary. I think compared to what you'll see in uh, in a lot of instances, there are. Let me grab my Kent State depth chart here across the secondary, and these include the safeties: five eleven, six one, six one, six foot, five eleven, five eleven, five eleven, six three. So that tells me the five elevens are more like five nine, five ten. The six one is more like six foot. You know where I'm going with this. And you got some tall receivers on this team. Tesla, Armstrong, Broden. Uh, you know, Satania's not the tallest guy in the world, but he's got the speed. Man, it feels like and this is a defense that gave up nearly four hundred rushing yards. I think Arkansas could throw the ball for over four hundred against them just based on what it looked like on Saturday at War Memorial, Matt. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a long day uh, for the the Kent State Golden Flashes, and um, I, I don't know what to expect out of them. the The thing when you play a game like this, you you want to take care of what you can take care of, control what you can control. Uh, don't worry about, about about them as much as read your keys and play fast, play clean. Uh, go out there and have fun. You're, you're the bigger, stronger, faster team in everywhere. How many, and, and this is what I'll say, just like Western Carolina, how many guys on this Kent State team can make the two deep for Arkansas? Maybe one, you know, and if that. So we, we should go out there and have fun. I know they do have a linebacker that Arkansas has played against, Devin Nicholson. He's a graduate, played at Mizzou the last few years. Um, a lot of special teams, but not a lot of actual, like, in-game uh, if it wasn't special teams, but uh, I don't think they're—they're they're certainly not ridden with uh, SEC-style talent. One of their—one of their offensive linemen spent a couple of years at Michigan. It's the starting right guard Nolan Rumler. Uh, the quarterback Mike Alamo comes from Purdue. You know, he threw—he's got one career touchdown at Purdue, and that was in the Cheez It Bowl last year. You know, the game that Purdue lost sixty-three to seven. Alamo threw the the pass that equated seven points. So that's his one touchdown. The only points that the Boilermakers scored last year in the Cheez-It Bowl. That's the the first bowl game that's played in Orlando. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got... They have a really inexperienced offensive line. You didn't get this great... You know, you didn't have great numbers from your defensive line. I I think maybe you could in in this game here, although I thought you would against Western Carolina. You know, the left tackle played just a little bit at Temple. Uh, The left guard and the center have absolutely no college playing experience before this year whatsoever. Uh, The right guard, Rumler, couldn't crack the lineup at Michigan, but he did get into eight games with Kent last year, and they were good last year. And uh, they do have a returning right tackle um, who got into ten games uh, last season, played at Georgia State. Uh, But as far as all of their... As far as, you know, the rest of the offense, it's, it's guys that haven't really been able to do very much. Even if they've been at Kent State the last few years, they were just kind of bench warmers. But this offensive line looks, just based on where they came from and how much experience and the experience that Arkansas has got on the defensive line, Matt, I guess I'd be surprised and maybe even a little bit disappointed if the defensive line doesn't spend a lot of time on the backfield this weekend. Yeah, I, I don't see Kent State scoring 21 points, especially with that first unit, that first half. Uh, I, I, I I see Arkansas going out there and, and, and making plays all over the field. I'm I'm excited to see the receivers go again. Uh, yeah, I'm re- I'm excited to see uh, Isaiah Satania break one, uh, and and if these some of these running backs, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Uh, it would not be the worst thing to, to find out who, who exactly is going to be our number two running back, who, who, who's going to be that guy. And, and maybe now you have to have a two and a three because we, we hope Rocket's fine, but uh, we don't need Rocket getting hurt. We don't need anything extra going on this week with him. And, and let, man, it just gives a chance for uh, Dominique DeBinion, AJ, and Augusta just to get out there and, and, and make a play and, and, and bring some excitement out there. It doesn't look like UCF had any return yardage whatsoever, so maybe they just kicked it out of bounds. Either that or the box score is incorrect. Um, Hey, there is a Hall of Fame-worthy matchup uh, today with the Rangers and the Astros. Series is going all Houston. First couple of games, total blowouts, including um, Altuve has five home runs in his last six at-bats, including three homers yesterday. Whoa. Yeah, in the game that Nathan Uvalde returns from the injured list, 
Uh, didn't go very well. I think he only was out there an inning and a third. Pretty bad. Uh, so you get Verlander versus Scherzer tonight. Appointment watching for baseball fans, no doubt. Six Cy Young Awards between the two of them. And this is so different than any of the other great matchups of pitchers that you know are going to be Hall of Famers that are going against each other, like a Randy Johnson versus Greg Maddox, which happened a few times. Tom Seaver and Steve Carlton. I was going to throw Nolan Ryan out there, but Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young Award. Juan Marichal versus Sandy Koufax. None of those guys were ever teammates the same year. <laughs> that's the thing that's crazy about it. They were supposed to be Scherzer and Verlander pitching for the Mets, and they were supposed to be battling the Braves for division supremacy right now, not being that far away from New York City where they're actually going to pitch against each other tonight. But this will be a lot of fun. This should be a good. This should be really a good one. Is is Texas? Are they going to make the playoffs this year? How many more regular season games is there? Is there what about forty, twenty? Less than a month now, Matt. It's got to be in the twenty five range. So Texas got to make a push. How many wild cards get in? And now they they get three wild cards in. Four wild cards. Four wild cards. But the first, the two top records. Well, the two top division winners. The best records for division winners get buys. Baltimore so and, makes the, and Houston. Both of right these now. teams probably make the postseason, but you, know, you want to win that division. Otherwise, you're forced to play in the wild card, and you're going to have to go on the road in some cases. And meanwhile, the team that wins the American League West is going to be the uh, is going to get a buy. You know, them and the Orioles. As long as the, whoever wins the East, because the East has a couple of really good teams, and the O's and the Rays. The West has three teams that are battling for it: the Mariners. Uh, Astros and um, and the Rangers, and then the Central's just Cleveland, in which now you see um, Francona said this is going to be his last year. He's going to retire. Oh, said his body's giving out. I, I know he's he he spent a lot of time in the hospital this year, but he already announced it yesterday. Not an announcement. He might have said it on a on an interview or something. Tito never came across as somebody that needed to have some sort of a like a, a retirement tour. But that's a that's a Hall of Fame manager, no doubt about it. I used to love watching King Felix Felix Hernandez uh pitch at, at for for Seattle. He was man, he's a he was appointment viewing for me. Who who's some of the pitchers you like watching right now or that you remember you seeing them on it's like man I'm I'm gonna watch I like watching Verlander pitch too but King Felix seemed like he had this slider, man. He had he, he seemed like he'd had 13 strikeouts a lot of games. Blake Snell's a lot of fun Blake to watch Snell, pitch. Yeah. yeah, he's got great stuff, changes speeds, just doesn't allow a lot of hard contact. Glavin, Smoltz, or Maddox, if you, had to, if you had to watch one of those three pitch, if Atlanta Braves are coming into your town and you could buy one, one ticket for one of the games and you knew Glavin was starting one, Smoltz is starting one, and Maddox, which one are you going to watch? I mean, I can really feel the knife in my back right now because those were the, those were the guys that, ran, that, that, were, that anchored the pitching staff of the team that I hated with such white-hot passion. Uh, that I really kind of was excited when Atlanta Fulton County Stadium came down. I wanted that thing to burn. I hated that place. <laughs> but I can appreciate the greatness of those of those pitchers. I would have taken Maddox. Maddox, he was cra- He was just fun to watch the way he went about it. Yeah. Well, he could hit a little bit too. He could place. He if seemed he like he hit. could place that ball right where he like right exactly what he was trying to do. He could place it right there. Yeah, that that that's who I would take. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. 
Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their prize picks projection. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. PrizePicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. Dudley Dawson with us on halftime from Hogville.net, Pig Trail Nation. And we appreciate you hopping on today, Dudley. What's new? No, not a problem. Just glad to have games to talk about, full freak of games to talk about instead of practices. How fun was that this that's, weekend, that's right? right? That's right. Well, yeah, we all overreacted. I heard y'all talking the other day. I, uh, for the first half, I thought, well, Florida State's not as good. And then I was ready to put them up for the national title, uh, you know, after that second half. So, fun to watch. Certainly was fun to watch. So was Arkansas, Western Carolina. Um, any update on uh, Rocket Sanders? What are we expecting maybe to hear from Sam Pittman later on this afternoon? We already know he's got swelling on the knee. I just don't expect that he's going to play this weekend, and it sounds like next week could be up in the air. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever for him to go out there, you know, with, with the running back room that Arkansas has there. I mean, they've got plenty of guys that can, can get the carries going, and uh, they're obviously going to focus on that to try to have an improved running game this week, but it makes no sense for him to play these next couple weeks. And when you start, when you start, uh, Coach Pittman had a comment on the SEC uh, teleconference this morning that uh, we'll know about the next two or three weeks uh, later today. Well, then that's probably what it's going to be the next two or three weeks. That uh, you know, you don't just pull that out of the air and then unless that's a 
a high possibility. Dudley, what is what? What's a couple of things that you liked? Like I, I loved Week One that the offense really they didn't have a lot of mistakes. They kind of played clean. What what, what is something that that you liked Week One that you hope that they can continue on, and then something that you'd like to see them do better uh, in Week Two? Well, that that's a very good point. The, I think one offensive penalty, and you just don't see that uh, you know that early in the season uh, unless uh, unless you know Florida uh, LSU had no penalties in the first half or. Where FSU was getting a lot of them, but you know that was that was very I think exciting that you didn't have all those penalties. One thing that stood out to me, and, and being an old wide receiver and a, and a safety, uh, I maybe look at these things more than anybody. But the blocking downfield by the wide receivers not only was it good on the first touchdown, to Jaden Wilson, but also I thought it was really good the entire day, and I think that's something that you know we focused on these guys being so tall and being able to go catch jump balls and all that. But it looks to me like it's a pretty good wide receiver blocking crew as well. And even though Tyrone Borden didn't get in the, um, you know, didn't get in really in on on it on the wide receiver, he's certainly made a focus of himself out there on special teams that was brought up after the game. And, and you know, we all know that special teams has been a work in progress uh, since Coach Pittman and Coach Bowden got here. And maybe – uh, we're looking at uh, you know a special team unit this this year that's going to get that hidden yardage so often that we don't see. Hey, I can appreciate that about about Broden. And look, I mean, the first thing Isaac Tesla did as a Razorback was spring Jaden Wilson for that for that long touchdown with a great block. You know, and and all Broden did, sure, he only caught one ball. And I know Sam Pittman wants to quote unquote get him going, but he was the first guy down on punt coverage two or three times. Yeah, I can appreciate that coming from a glamour position, uh, but these guys obviously didn't come from glamorous places. Yeah, well, Matt, as Matt well knows from being in the league, there are a lot of people who make money being uh, key guys on special teams, and that can be a big thing in college, just as it is in the NFL. And I, you know, I really was, uh, you know, uh, excited about the, the zest he had for that. And, you know, I, I do think I think this team, uh, you know, Hazelwood and uh, was it Landers last year were kind of their guys. But, and if you throw these tight ends in there in the mix, I think that on the outside in our tight ends, we are we are like two clicks better than we were last year. Yeah, I agree. And to go back to your previous question, obviously, the not getting enough push on the offensive line was probably the thing that uh, that looked uh, to me the most as if, uh, you know, you needed to improve. But I'm sure that's going to be a focus if they said it after the ball game. And uh, I think any time you've got one of your starting offensive linemen out and you have to shift positions uh, from guys that have not been working there to the full amount during preseason practice, uh, I think it takes a while to come together as a cohesive unit. You know that from being behind them. That, uh, you know, if everybody's working in, in conjunction, it's a lot better than if everybody's doing it individually. Dudley, you've you've been around a, a lot of great athletes, and 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 have you seen anything uh, like what's going on out there in Colorado with Travis Hunter and Coach Prime? I'm sure you kind of been keeping up with it a little bit. Yeah, you know, unbelievable amount of uh, snaps played by Travis Hunter. He was uh, rated as the top guy back in that class, and uh, you know, he certainly had a wild ride. But uh, that is, he's a fun guy to watch, and uh, I don't know how Colorado's going to be this year. Maybe I'm overreacting because of the, the way they uh, uh, took it to TCU on offensively today, but I feel like they're going to put up some points, and if they can have any kind of uh, defense uh, you know, they can stand up against the schedule they play, 
and I think they're they're going to be a fun watch the entire season. And, and hey, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, so I had you know I had love for uh, for Prime back in the day, and I certainly love the shakeup he's got going in college football. When uh, if you there's a lot of people there who didn't like him when he was in co- uh, college in the pros and haven't liked him as a head coach. But I love chaos and and people not uh, being you know comfortable with everything, and I just think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't think they they can beat Oregon or Utah or USC, but I do think they can beat some of those other teams. And and yeah, they're going to be uh, they're going to be fun. Maybe, to, yeah, maybe seven and five, six and six. Yeah, like yeah, and that's I mean, and, and like Phil said, they won one game last year. You know what? Well, they've already equaled their win total from last year. So you love chaos, Dudley Hunt? Is uh, is chaos the proper word to describe the state of college football? Because this is about oh, as chaotic of a sport as I've ever seen, and just enjoy the structure we've got now because it's going to be even more chaotic next year. Yeah, I agree, and you know this this realignment has has been interesting. I do think that two of the biggest things we had coming out of that first week were the fact of how. Uh, Neon used the portal and how uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney did not. I mean, he's going to have to get with the program. He's a great head coach. He's proven it over the years. He's been great at recruiting high school kids, but you got to get on board with the portal because not every uh, freshman is going to come in ready to play in your league, and you're going to have to have some development there. These days, you better go out and get to some immediate impact players out of the portal such as Arkansas and others have done, because if you don't, everybody else is doing, and you're you're gonna you're gonna fall behind. Hey, I was hearing some talk, uh, you know, about Caleb Williams maybe not wanting to go out this year if he's going to Arizona, and with the NIL. Uh, you, you see Bo Nix, not, not not that Bo Nix was going to be a number one overall pick, but he would have got drafted, and he went back to school. You're seeing kids. Could you see a situation where, you know, Caleb Williams is going to be Caleb uh, Williams going to be able to make five to ten million dollars a year being the USC quarterback that he comes back and plays college football for another year? You know, I don't put it. I don't push it by the wayside because uh, I mean that Arizona uh, situation in the NFL is not a good one right now, and even if you did get drafted. Uh, you know, they've got a quarterback out there. We don't know what his status is going to be like uh, moving forward. Uh, he apparently doesn't was not in the playbook very much to start with. Anytime you have to put uh, looking at the playbook in uh, in the uh, uh, in the contracts, contract, yeah, yeah, that, that that doesn't sound good. And I know that Johnny Manziel. I love the story, you know, that they've had uh, with his uh, his documentary and everything, where his iPad had not been used, so they knew he was not looking. <laughs> You know, looking at anything, you've got to do. I, I Matt, you know this. You, football is is not just a physical game; it's a mental one as well. You got to know what you're doing, uh, especially these days with defenses. You got to know what's happening pre-snap. You got to know what's happening right after the snap. And if you're not studying, then you're falling behind. That's the thing about athletes these days, and you see you see it in college where you have all of this. Well, and watching film isn't like, you know, the top notch of technology or anything, but but you've got it right there on an iPad. And I see baseball players that take advantage of just incredible technology. Heck, they've got a new pitching machine there that I've never quite seen or heard of before, and they're utilizing that. I mean, these guys, you almost have to rip them out of 
the baseball facility and tell them, go home, go to class. Otherwise, they'll be there all the time. I've, I can never understand like a Johnny Manziel or, or what you hear about Kyler Murray, you know, the guys that aren't, aren't studying. I mean, this is the job isn't just to play. The job is to prepare to play. And that's the same thing as like what we do, hosting a radio. You can't just sit down and start talking. Every once in a while, it might sound like that's what we did, but there's like three hours of prep to go into that. Same with the baseball games. Yeah. Ten hours my of going all that kind of stuff. I don't understand people my, that don't prepare. Yeah, my athleticism left me a long time ago, but I am still a, I'm a freaking sports writer who watches tons of tape just so I can be able to talk with a, uh, you know some knowledge about it. You know, I can sit there and watch the game at the stadium, and I can't see everything. You, you know, I go back and watch tape just like players do to try to pick up on things and try to have knowledge of what's going on, and I cannot believe that an NFL player and a college player would not put in the time when you know that's what you got to do in, in today's games. It's not just lining up and running over somebody. It used to be just in the trenches. It's not anymore. Dudley, they had um, in, in basketball. You know the term "wolf." Uh, that, that you know that means somebody's behind you. Uh, but dropping dimes. Do you think these young kids know what, uh, what when they talk about an assist when they when they mean these point guards that going out there and had ten dimes? <laughs> You know, I, I know that uh, that uh, there's a lot of lingo out there that uh, that I latch on to and some I don't. Uh, I didn't realize when I, I got a, a new vehicle, really a previously owned vehicle, my, my daughter said, you've got a new whip. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Apparently that's a, a name for a car. But, yeah, I, I think that the terminology changes every day, both in, uh, you know, in sports and in, in human, human things. But. I'm telling you, uh, having been a guy who was the point guard for an NBA player and an NFL player and another 6'8 guy, I knew all about passing and assist and uh, how that led into winning, whether that was dropping dimes or just doing what the coach said. (laughs) All right, I need a scouting report on Dudley Dawson point guard. Set the Newport record for assists because, as I said, I had Charles Ballantyne. I had Theo Young, who ended up playing tight end here and in the NFL. I had another 6'8 guy named... uh, Eric Brandon, who went on to the uh, to play in St. Louis, uh, I set that record because I was smart enough the first three quarters to throw them the ball, and then the fourth quarter when they said they were open, I said I knew, but we're ahead, and I'm about to get my points at the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, pretty good, Dudley. It's an honest assessment of your talents. Very well done. Um, we got on uh, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer tonight. I don't know if I've seen a pitching matchup that's quite that good. I mean, in person, in my life. I've been to a lot of baseball games, but I don't ever think I've seen something quite like that. Yeah, you know, they've had a couple of outings where each one has blown up, but I expect it to be a really good uh, really good uh, game. I'll have it on one of the three TVs we got working in the living room right now and, and looking forward to it. Uh, I tell you, though, as great a year as Texas has had, it looks to me like Houston's turning it on right now mm-hmm. and uh, is about to, to race to the finish line with that uh, with that division. Any any other game, you know, if it's North Carolina State, Notre Dame, Texas, Alabama, Texas A and M, Miami, any 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 game this weekend that's, that kind of caught your eye, what you're thinking about? Texas, Alabama. I want to see see that one. Uh, you know, uh, we'll be at the stadium there and getting some writing done. Uh, get home as soon as I can. I'll try to. I'll have it taped, so I will start it when I get home. Uh, and, you know, that was such a good game last year. I'm looking forward to the rematch this year. Uh, if Texas wins, uh, of course, they'll, you know, uh, 
Nasty Sells is back again. If Alabama wins, they will do the same. Uh, so I think it's going to be a good game. It was a great, as I said, a great game la- last year. And, uh, you know, some questions from both these teams, but also a lot of potential from these two teams. Absolutely. It's going to be a ton of football to watch. I think there'll be some fireworks. Yeah. Right. Just plant your big butt on mm. that couch and it's enjoy back. the Oblong Spearway. Dudley, appreciate you hopping on. Thanks, man. Anytime. Thanks, Dudley. Dudley Dawson from PictroNationHogville.net and uh, somebody that's very honest when you ask him about a scouting report on himself. He said, get the ball out early. When they're open, hit the open man. I know my role. He knows he sounded like a guy that knew his role. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.